Hello, everyone. I am Laura Kaluger, Senior Editor with Commercial Property Executive, and I'm glad to be the host of a special edition of our Crew Network podcast series to celebrate the progression of gender equality and the visibility of female leaders within the real estate industry. I've invited the organization's 2022 president, Barbie Reuter, to talk about the many ways women are making a difference in the CRE industry. Welcome back, Barbie. Thank you so much, Laura. It's a pleasure to be with you always. So first, please tell us about the most significant changes that that you noticed in, in women's roles in the past few years in commercial real estate, because you've been in, in this industry for quite a long time. I have. And from Chris's standpoint, you know, we do these benchmark studies every five years. And from right. our 2020 benchmark study, we know that very little progress has been made in the last five years and really over the last 15 years since we began benchmarking this data. And then shortly after the benchmark study was administered in March of 2020, the pandemic hit. And yeah. Yeah. And then progress for women came to a halt, or in many cases was derailed. The impact of the pandemic on women in commercial real estate was twofold. It was challenging, but it was also filled with opportunity. And like most industries, some women did leave their jobs. We saw that in commercial real estate, 12% of the professionals surveyed for our 2020 research paper left. And Almost a quarter said that women in their work location left the company voluntarily as a result of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and the pandemic caused many women to reevaluate their careers. It, it really reset definitions of career satisfaction and company success. And it may also redefine our roles. I think that women are valuing and, and pushing for flexibility more than ever. I think you hear that and read that. And half of commercial real estate professionals that we surveyed said that their career priorities changed as a result of the pandemic. But nine out of 10 women said their personal priorities changed. Women are are now more willing to leave a company to find more flexible work arrangements. Yes. And and overall, despite all these these challenges, women are taking up larger projects and, and making significant deals. They have shown that they can perform at the same level as men and can hold important leadership positions. Um, What advice would you give to other women about advocating for themselves in in the professional space? I really love talking about self-advocacy, Laura. I've, (laughs) I've long believed that if you don't ask, you don't get. And that really goes for everything from key client assignments to to stretch roles and promotions and and compensation. And as women, we we tend to expect our work will speak for itself. Many Mm -hmm. of us, we see this, many of us have cultural baggage around not appearing boastful or we we don't wanna toot our own horn or or speak up. So um, it's important to to speak up for yourself. There was a, a study in, that was referenced in Harvard Business a review many years ago that spoke to what I, I would call the, the power of the ask. This study talked about first jobs out of grad school. Mm-hmm. And male grad students earned $4,000 more on average than their female counterparts in their first job. And when they analyzed it, only 7% of the female students negotiated their first salary versus 57% of men. 
So, you know, you have to speak up when you compound that kind of uh, starting salary over a career, the disparity really grows. And despite all the progress that has been made, there still are many stigmas um, in the industry. What are some of the ways women can overcome these stigmas working against them? Laura, it's so important that women find both mentors and sponsors and ask their managers to support their professional development. Women can join an organization like Crew Network to expand your business network and gain leadership development opportunities and find ways to advance your career. You can share our research, Crew Network's research, with the leaders of, of company human resource departments. Uh, so that they can see um, see the data, see the numbers, and uh, make considerations to take take action. And you can have an open and honest line of communication with your manager. It's really important to have that kind of a relationship where you can be be clear and and know what your pathways are, know what your opportunities are, because it is an environment where if it's not a good fit, you can move on. Right. I'd also like us to touch on, or rather delicate topic. What role do you think a company should play when a female employee is subject to offensive comments? Because unfortunately, this still happens. It does happen. And from my leadership role, my perspective would be that company leaders bear complete responsibility to create a culture where there's zero tolerance for harassment and discrimination against anyone obviously men and women. Right. But because the offense is often in the eye of the receiver, we have to investigate any known in- instance of that behavior that's deemed inappropriate, whether that's spoken um, or in, in, deed, in word or deed, really. We have to provide safe and supportive spaces for people to come forward and self-report uh, or provide allyship to them. And sometimes comments don't appear to cross the line or or be outwardly offensive, but they come out as microaggressions, right? These right. comments that, that reflect assumptions about someone's identity. And both men and women in the workplace can speak up in the moment. Um, an example might be telling a person of color, you're so articulate, or a- asking a woman if they'd mind taking notes in a meeting, right? Right. So this happens. It happens to all of us. It does. It does. It does happen. And it, it, it's annoying and it, it's frustrating. And It is. I mean, dismissing a woman's input and then endorsing a similar perspective from a man is another thing that happens. And so for anyone, male or female, to call those instances out respectfully in the moment and um, bring people into conversation uh, around uh, respectful support and um reinforcing roles and, and and dignity for people in many cases. Are are women taken less seriously than men in, in commercial real estate? Does this still happen? If so, what can they do about it? I'm sure there are anecdotal situations, but I am also <clears throat> I am also a glass half full person and believe that we're making some progress there. <laughs> Um, women are making tremendous strides as leaders in commercial real estate. The talent has always been there. They just need to have the same opportunities as men. And as we all become more aware of both our conscious and our unconscious biases, we can recognize and take action to eliminate that and break down the barriers that are still in place. 
you know, often the, the woman on a brokerage team is assumed to be junior to the man uh, mm-hmm. and that's based on bias. So as, as we were talking about, like expressing these roles clearly at the outset can help head this off and, and male allyship is important here too. There's, um, there's a book I recently came upon from a British author it's called The Authority Gap. And it provides a perspective on the unseen bias at work in our everyday lives, um, revealing the scale of the gap that's still there between men and women. So for example, female US Supreme Court justices are interrupted four times more often than males. And yeah, yeah, but 96% of the time interrupted by men. And um, it's telling. Sounds like a very interesting book. It does. We also very rarely talk about female employees with disabilities or, or any employees with disabilities. How inclusive is the commercial real estate industry for people with disabilities? We don't have data on inclusivity in the industry, but I can tell you that for most companies, this increased focus we have today on DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion has also included individuals with disabilities. And at Crew Network, we are committed to strengthening and expanding DEI globally, and that includes all forms of difference. So race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, ability, religion, and, and age. We're, we're a united network of people with a culture of inclusion and belonging that inspires engagement and breaks down barriers. So it accelerates growth and collaboration. And in this realm, when we talk about ability, instead of referring Uh, to them as disabilities at Crew, we take the approach to be inclusive of all individuals' abilities. We've talked lately uh, lately a lot about the work-life balance, and um, it's been quite hard for for many in the industry, especially women, to to have a a healthy work-life balance. What advice would you give to another woman who is trying to have this this work-life balance? What is your way of balancing things? Hmm. The first thing I would say is don't be beholden to other people's expectations of what healthy balance should look like, right? Whether it's society, the media, your extended family, it is different for everyone. And we're, we're fortunate to be in this talent market where women can find a better fit if the work culture doesn't support her needs. You know, I look back to the earlier years in my career and for decades, it was this this badge of courage to do it all, to have it all. And I learned that you you can maybe do it all, but not all at the same time. Right. And when, you, when you do too much, something falls out the bottom. And we kind of learn from overfilling our plates that um, that, that happens. And so I'd rather consciously choose to give something up than to lose it by not doing it justice. Work-life balance is really, it's, it's, it's personal and it's changing. It, where, what I need from my balance today may not be what I need a month from now or a year from now. And so mm-hmm. having uh, the kinds of honest conversations with yourself and with those around you um, that are in positions of power or support, I think are very important. You previously mentioned mentors and sponsors. How important is it that women have not only mentors, but also role models in the CRE industry to learn from? Yeah, mentors and sponsors, very important role models as well. I think you bring up a very important point, Laura, because we see role models from the first images of life, right? Right. 
I mean, and, and some of them are good and some of them are bad. These are the messages that we get. But for the last 15 years, crew networks benchmark studies have found that that the lack of a mentor or sponsor has consistently been a top barrier. It's in the top three, a barrier to advancement for women. And mentors both within your company and externally are absolutely critical to women's success in commercial real estate. And then thinking of role models, you hear if she can see it, she can be it. There are advocates for women's leadership and advancement who who often say this. And so starting at a young age, these role models give girls and women confidence and, and really power their potential. This is, it's true in any industry. We, um, we recently had Ellen Ochoa, the first uh, Latina in space, present to crew for International Women's Day. And a member commented in the chat that her six-year-old daughter was home from school sick and listening in and was inspired to be an astronaut. Wow. <laughs> so nice to hear that. Truly. So how is Crew Network celebrating Women's History Month? It's a special time of the year. What does Women's History Month mean to you? Well, we're fortunate to be an industry and an organization where every month is Women's History Month, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds a great place to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But seriously, we are we're intentional about elevating, recognizing, and celebrating women all year long. The way I look at it personally, I see Women's History Month as a chance to open dialogue with male colleagues about the importance of equity and equality. They all have significant women in their lives that they want to see succeed. And while Women's History Month is more of a national commemoration, the International Women's Day on March 8th is a celebration that Crew Network focuses on globally. You may know we have members in 12 countries. And right. uh, yeah, this year's events for International Women's Day included that, that uh, keynote that I mentioned with Ellen Ochoa. It was a fantastic keynote and fireside chat. Uh, she's just a brilliant inventor and engineer, the first Latina to go to space, a trailblazing NASA leader, and she's an advocate for women in STEM. And we also celebrate and recognize women through a social media campaign and blog posts and podcasts like this one. And um, <laughs> many of our, our individual members and numerous chapters posted about ways to break the bias, which was the theme of this year's International Women's Day. What do you want future generations of commercial real estate professionals to know about Women's History Month and their achievements? I love this one. It, you know, there's some important points. The first is really that the women who have come before you have paved the way forward. We're so grateful for that. And we stand on the shoulders of, of many powerful and gracious trailblazers. I think we want them to know that we all have an obligation to continue to pay it forward and lift as you rise. I'm at that point in my career where I can bring others along and it's, it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, and the last thing I'd say is that at Crew Network, we're focused on their success. How would you uh, describe the future generation of, of professionals? You, you just said that you have a few um, young people that are learning from you. How is the future generation? How does the future look like? Oh, the future's so bright. These people are brilliant and eager. If I look at my own daughter, I mean, she runs circles around me. So if we ever thought we were smart, <laughs> we should take <laughs> ourselves down a, down a peg and realize that uh, we can learn. And when you talk about mentoring too, uh, mentoring works both ways. You know, right. I learn as much from my mentees as I hope that they learn from me. 
Tell us a few details about the ways Crew Network is supporting women-owned CRE businesses this year. You're, you're doing this every time. This is the purpose of your organizations. But do you have any special projects, anything in particular this year? We have leadership development and programming for w- women in every aspect of the industry. And, and women business owners really need a broader base of knowledge and training. And so we offer this diverse learning journey for professionals in all disciplines and stages of their career. When you go to our membership directory, uh, Crew Biz, members can search for women-owned businesses across our network of Mm -hmm. 12,000 plus professionals. And they can also post in the open forum to find specific business needs, a a real uh, opportunity to match one-on-one when there's a need or an ask. So this is an extremely valuable member benefit and resource for for our business owners. And then we also have both a new official CEO council, which is a peer advisory group, and an entrepreneur group that has formed organically within our membership because the need was there. And so we continue to find new ways to bring value to our members, whether they're just starting their careers or they're seasoned veterans and just want to be there at every step and pivot of careers, supporting each other and helping them find success. That sounds great. Barbie, thank you very much for another insightful conversation. It is a pleasure. Happy Women's History Month to you. Thank you. Happy Women's History Month to you too. Thank you all for listening. Until our next chat, make sure you check out our website for the latest news and executive interviews. 